Hello and welcome to In the Shower with Taz and Marcus, a bite-sized, informative podcast that's aimed to be listened to while you're in the shower, but really you can listen to it anywhere at all. The whole point of this podcast is we take those questions that have been lurking in the back of your mind, the mysteries of the world, and we answer them so that you don't have to. Listeners send in those questions that they've always wondered the answer to, and we debunk them in a bite-sized, informative chunk. Thus far, we've answered questions like... Why is plastic so bad? Which came first, the chicken or the egg? How much wood would a woodchuck actually chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? And loads, loads more. I suppose you could say... We expand your mind while you wash your behind. And this week, this week, Marcus, is no different. Actually... It is a little bit different. Oh, this week is a little bit different. I'm so excited to tell our listeners our news. Our news is that for the next eight weeks, we're partnering with Cadbury Twirl to answer the biggest question of them all. What makes a twirl so twirly? But also answering questions that have been submitted by Cadbury fans. Marcus, what do you think makes a Cadbury Twirl so twirly? Do you know what? I've been thinking about it every time you break open that delicious, melty, indulgent chocolate bar. Um, I honestly think that there's some... Thing to do with, with a spiralizer. I think that a there's spiralizer. like a spiralizer. Like you know, instead of like spiralizing anything else, they're spiralizing like a giant lump of chocolate, and that's what makes it twirl. So that's twirly. your theory. That's my theory. Well, Marcus Olera, wait until you hear my theory next week because it is going to knock your theory out of the pond, out of the chocolate pond. Chocolate pond. Chocolate pond. I want to swim in that pond. <laughs> so, guys, as Marcus said, we are also answering for the next eight weeks questions that have been submitted by Cadbury Twirl fans. It's so exciting because we've seen some of the questions and they are absolutely brilliant. And this week's one is is really kicking things off to a great start. What is it? How much does a cloud weigh? So as I said, this question has been submitted by Cadbury Twirl fans and I am so, so excited that I get to answer it because honestly, researching it brought me way back to my nerdy, sciencey, geography, mathematical days and I had a good time, Marcus. I enjoyed it. So do you know what? I like to think that I'm a knowledgeable enough guy. I know loads of trivia. I'm a good person having a table quiz, but I can safely say that I couldn't even give a guess on where to begin figuring out how much a cloud weighs. All right, little modest Einstein over there. Yeah, okay, go on. <laughs> but I was actually exactly the same. And it's completely understandable because they do look like big balls of floaty, fluffy candy floss. And candy floss weighs nothing. Do, do you know what? I remember as a kid, I was genuinely convinced that clouds were actually candy floss. No. Yeah. And I actually used to get physically upset. Like, there's a, actually a story in my family that when I was like four... I started crying in a plane because I couldn't go out the window and eat the clouds. <laughs> I know, always a gourmet. Always that is a gourmet. So, funny, like, so close, but so far, like hand on the window, almost touching the cloudy candy floss. I know, like uh, imagine a parent not letting their child jump out of an airplane window to try and taste the clouds. Your anyway, parents are terrible people. <laughs> anyway, actually, um, as a kid, did you ever play that game where you know you just lie on your back and you make shapes out of clouds? We still play that all the time. We played that game last week. That's. <laughs> That's true. Okay, so anyway, listen. Taz, to kick things off, answer me this. Answer me this. Answer me this. Tell me now, brethren, what exactly is a cloud? A cloud is not candy floss, Marcus. I've learned that. 
since. <laughs> okay, so according to NASA, a cloud is a visible mass of condensed watery vapour floating in the atmosphere, typically high above the general level of the ground. There are loads of different types of clouds, but the three main ones are Sirius, Cumulus and Stratus. NASA, the original Sky Boys. What um, does NASA stand for? Not another space agency. <laughs> National American Space Authority? Oh, yeah, I think is that's it? more accurate. Go on, anyway. Anyway, um, let me see if I if I can remember which cloud is which from, like, my, my geography classes. How did, you, how did you do in geography in school? I was okay. I was okay. I knew my clints from my grikes. Okay, now let's see if you know you're serious from your cumulus. So, cumulus are the ones that are fluffy, like cotton candy. True. Yeah. Yep. Um, now, stratus are the ones... That are like they're actually like a layer, like that's when you know it's just like a big flat kind of thing. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Which means that cirrus are like the wispy kind of ones that look a bit like a, like a lock of hair or something. Marcus O'Leary, good job. Who's the modest Einstein now? Taz Kelleher. Anyway. <laughs> I remember I had kind of little riddles to remember, like serious clouds, because they're serious clouds are serious. And they're not the fluffy ones. I don't know. I had, I had, uh, I had loads of little riddles, but I cannot remember. Okay. Well, listen. Three types of clouds in general. Tell us more on how they're actually formed. Okay. So roughly, believe it or not, seventy percent of all rainwater comes from water that has been evaporated from our oceans. So once it rains, obviously the ground is wet, and then that water evaporates as the sun warms the ground, rising as a thermal of moist air, which then cools as it rises. Okay, right. It sounds like it sounds like you in the gym, Marcus. You know, rising as a thermal of moist air, and then cooling once you rise and leave. Do you know what, Taz? For this for this godly physique, it's worth it. Just. Just an explainer here, yep. Marcus is kissing his guns. Need a license for these babies. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, back on track. Okay. So the water is evaporated from the earth and then it cools once it rises to form clouds. Okay. Cold air can't hold as much as warm air, though. So, okay, is that why high altitude mountaineers become dehydrated? Yeah, because the, that, the cold uh, air doesn't have as much moisture in it. Okay, right. Do you know, I saw that in a documentary and I was actually, I was, it's been on my mind. Um, cool. So That's... yeah, so, so at certain temperatures known as the dew point, the water vapour starts to rematerialise as tiny droplets of water. And this is the beginning of a cloud. Or depending how you look at it, could be like a dinosaur or Japan or a pig with wings. <laughs> goes, Do you know what? Like a cloud is just like it's a potential shape waiting to happen. And your imagination <laughs> is the limit. OK, so although a cloud looks fluffy and friendly like Casper, the friendly ghost, or what do you say? A pig with wings? Pig with wings, yeah. Yeah, so it looks light and fluffy, but it is actually, it is a collection of tiny droplets of water. And so it's obviously a lot heavier than one might think. But I, I mean, like, what do you do? You can't just like hold a weighing scales above your head and hope that hope that one cloud just drifts along, and that you can get away. Like, how can you go about weighing a cloud when it's in the sky? <laughs> okay, so listeners, you may have guessed that neither Marcus nor myself have the scientific knowledge nor capabilities to literally weigh a cloud. I, I would enjoy seeing Marcus stand out for days on end with a weighing scales, hoping for something <laughs> to drop, but I wouldn't even put him through that. But uh, we're, so, so we're leaving this experiment to a scientist named Peggy Lamone, who is a researcher at the National Centre for Atmospheric Research in the US of A. So what kind of cloud did Peggy weigh and how 
Did she do it? Okay, so this experiment was conducted on a typical cumulus cloud, which is, Marcus? The fluffy ones, candy floss clouds. <laughs> and the first thing that they needed to do was to find out the density of the cumulus cloud. So this experiment is all to do with the maths of density, mass and volume. Okay. So the first thing that they needed to do was find out the density. Density being, Marcus? Um, the type of intelligence that I was described as having by my geography teacher, Mr. Leahy, who was like, Marcus, you're dense. <laughs> no, um, density is like the degree of kind of compactness of a substance. Like how much something can be like, you know, shoved into, like when something is very dense, it weighs a lot, but it doesn't take much space up. Does that kind of Yeah, so density kinda is kind of how much something weighs comparing to how much space it's taking Okay, oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool, I get yeah. you. So scientists have measured the water density of a typical cumulus fluffy cloud. This is how much actual water droplets is in a certain amount of the cloud, a fake cloud that they made, okay? They made a fake cloud? They made a fake cloud. Amazing. And they found it to be half a gram of water per cubic metre. Half a gram of water per cubic metre of fluffiness, which is about a small marble's worth of water in the space of, a, you know... A, an area that you and a pal could comfortably sit in. A large share cubicle, perhaps. Perhaps. Okay, so now we know about the density of a typical cumulus cloud. Um, so how do we get the weight of that from there? So next thing we need to figure out is how big the cloud is or the volume of the cloud. I don't know if you'll remember what volume equals Marcus. I feel like this is actually a test. I'm, I'm quizzing you on all kinds of knowledge. Volume is what I'd be pumping up in the club, yo. Oh, God. No, <laughs> volume... Is um like it's kind of it's everything. So it's like length and width and height, isn't it? It's, Volume yeah. equals length by breadth by height, or uh, length yeah. by width by height. Mm -hmm. So by measuring a cloud's shadow when the sun is directly above it, you can get an idea of its width okay. because it's obviously casting a shadow straight onto the ground. Lamone does this by watching her meter in her car as she drives under a cloud. Okay. So she's so she starts where the shadow begins and she stops where the shadow ends, looks at the meter and sees the distance of that shadow. A typical cumulus cloud, she says, is about a kilometre across and they're usually roughly cubical, so a kilometre long and a kilometre tall as well. So that's how you got the length, the width and the height, which is all a kilometre in length. So it's like a kilometre by a kilometre by a kilometre. Yeah, so the volume equals a thousand metres by a thousand metres by a thousand metres. I know. And that gives you a cloud that is one billion cubic metres in volume. What? Yep. Okay, so with the density and the volume, how do we get the weight then? How do we extrapolate the information in front of us? <laughs> okay, so what we're measuring is the actual amount of water in a cloud, okay? So the weight of a cloud is the amount of water in it. So the water mass of a cloud. Mass equals density by volume. So if you multiply the density of the cloud multiplied by the volume of the cloud, yeah. that equals about 500 million grams of water in a typical cumulus cloud. I genuinely cannot even comprehend that amount of anything. I'm trying to think 500 million... Grams. That's... Like, give me something that, that would be, like, equivalent to. Yeah, so luckily, Lamone gave us uh, something something to compare it to that you will definitely understand more, Marcus. Okay. Elephants. Elephants? Elephants. Elephants? So, typical cumulus cloud that she weighed is about as much as 100 elephants. Oh my God, and that's that's above our heads. I know. So that's crazy, first of all. That's absolutely mental. 
that the average cloud is 100 elephants and there's about a million average clouds in the Irish sky every day. So that's like 100 million elephants. But you know what's also, that is inc- incredible and it's insane. The result of this shocked me. I can't believe that that's how much it weighs. But it also amazed me how kind of simple it was to get to that answer. Like by just using science and maths. Crazy. So in theory, using the density that Peggy Lamone calculated in a typical cumulus cloud, technically, if you're willing to do all the work and measuring and use that science which you were talking about, you could actually find out the weight of any cumulus cloud. Yeah, absolutely. If you're willing to do the the driving and the shadows, etc., etc. But obviously, this only works for kind of, you know, an average for a cumulus cloud and cirrus clouds and stratus clouds have different have different densities. So this is just on a cumulus cloud. So for an average cumulus cloud, once you can, once you have a car or something to drive the length of it, you can actually, you can actually figure out the weight or mass of a cloud. Do you know what? I don't think I'm ever going to be able to see Casper the Friendly Ghost or a flying pig <laughs> or a dinosaur or anything again. Because like, <laughs> honestly, every time I look up at the sky, all I'm going to see is Peggy Lamone looking down going, do your maths. <laughs> That was such a good question. And as we mentioned at the start, these questions are the twirly thoughts that are being sent in by Cadbury. And at the end of this, we're going to try and figure out what makes a twirl so twirly. And not only that, in the next seven weeks, Cadbury Twirl are going to be sending us in more mythical mystery questions like this one that we are going to do our best to debunk. So loads in the horizon, lovely listeners. We're going to be answering Cadbury questions for the next seven weeks, but we would still love to hear your submissions. If you have any, feel free to message us on Facebook or Instagram. Couldn't be easier. Just look up In The Shower With Taz and Marcus on Facebook. If you have a question that you would like us to answer, you can get us on email at intheshowerpodcast at gmail.com. Couple of thank yous. First of all, thank you to you, the listener, uh, for sticking with us for almost a year. I know. See you next week. I see you next week. This is episode number 51. Next week. And getting us to the point where we can work with cool brands and answer cool questions and have a great bank of loyal listeners like yourself. You rock. You're awesome. Your bum looks great today. Good on you. Good on you. We love you, listeners, and we love when you get in touch. So please, please do so. Next up, thank you so much to the lovely people at the Headstuff Podcast Network for all the work you do for In The Share with Taz and Marcus. We couldn't do it without you. A massive thank you to the ever-charming Florence Robinson who designed our wonderful logo. Flo, we love you. And finally, thank you so much to Dave Gertzman for doing our lovely, lovely podcast jingle. So, Taz, next week's question. Next week's question is a very, very exciting one sent in by Cadbury yet again. These questions are so good and I'm so excited to answer them. What is it, Marcus? This is actually a question. I can't believe we haven't gotten this before because it's something I've seen over and over and over again. And I've always accepted it as fact, but they challenged it and it's going to be a hell of an episode. What is it? What is it? Why don't ducks quacks echo? That episode is going to be out next Monday morning in time for your shower. But in the meantime, keep scrubbing. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.